This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. officially rolling it is a tuesday evening at approximately what p.m 9 32 p.m pacific daylight time 9 32 p.m should we do the gentle npr entry <laughs> of, and welcome to hooniverse and this evening we've got manuel creo is our guest thank you for having me so tell me about your buttons this week <laughs> i'd rather talk about my sweaty balls but your sweaty balls yeah <laughs> is that an option on an amg model now or what <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's been a little bit. I mean, not too long, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the last time I was on was February. Oh yeah, I guess it hasn't been too bad. Yeah, because I'll I've only been a freelancer now for four months. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into anything further on that. Can't talk any more about that. But yet. there are interesting <laughs> things afoot. Yes. And yes. So we'll 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 talk about that more in the future. Yeah. Uh, with some other new acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I would love to. Mm-hmm. So that'd be great. Uh, so, in the grand world of automotive, how the hell have things been? Where have you been lately? What have you seen? Well, uh, I was just on the launch for the Nissan Kicks, but this is coming out before the embargo lifts, so I can't talk about driving impressions yet. Yes. What can you say about it that is not going to get you in trouble? Well, I was today commenting about how amazing the Bose audio system is in that vehicle. Yes. That's not a drive impression. That's more of an impression of a feature when the car is sitting, but also can be driving while using it too. But yeah, I, I don't. I think I'm fine talking about the Bose audio system. Yeah, I can't see as though they'd be too upset about that. I right, mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Bose. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Bose is... For, I, 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 I jest just because... There's the long-standing kind of audio geek thing. No highs, yeah. no lows. Must right. be bows. Right. Uh, but they occasionally do the cool thing in a car. Yeah, uh, but but for me, it's been hit and miss with bows because sometimes it'll be kind of um, it really won't be any better than what you can get in a standard audio system, like a standard manufacturer's audio system in a car. But it's just got yeah, the Bose logo I mean, on it, you know? The Bose name is to audio gear as Trump is to hotels. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, sometimes. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes um, it's actually a managed property. Yeah, yeah. And other times it's just a label slapped on things. Right, right. Um, yeah, for instance, I had the uh, at the beginning of this year, actually uh, from the transition of 2017 to 2018, I spent a lot of quality time in the Buick LaCrosse Premium. A car that I lo- I love the comfort of that car, and that's why I took it on a really really big. I have big... a strange affection for Buick. Okay, yeah, I do. It's I do. A, it's it, it's irrational beyond all comprehension. Mm-hmm. I just do kind of like Buicks. Yeah, Buick LaCrosse Premium. Uh, uh, you know, uh, ideally I would have had an Avenir, but uh, Premium is a really nice car. Forty four thousand dollars gets you a lot of car, and I had that for a couple weeks during the winter holiday. And I took it up to Seattle, and I actually ended up doing 3,500 miles in the car, and I really like that car. That's enough to get to know it. Oh, yeah, and you know, if you're going to do that many miles, you need something really plush, really comfortable, because you know, I, was on the, I, I would do stints on the road for, you know, well, I mean, it, I did a lot of driving, let's just say that. And I was, one of the things I was most excited about with that car, it's, it's a great car all around, except for one thing. 
And it was actually the thing before experiencing this one feature that I was the most excited about with this car that ended up disappointing me the most about the car. And it was the Bose audio in that car. Yeah, I've had exceptionally underwhelming uh, Bose experiences in a number of like Ford and GM vehicles mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. It was just like, why did you even put the name on it? Yeah, the, the regular GM audio in the Buick Cascada, the convertible they have, is better than the Bose audio in their more premium Buick LaCrosse. And that, that, that kind of baffles me because it's Bose. It should be good. But the components that Bose is using in that car are, are really no better than what you would get in, in, in you know, just a regular GM It's system. a marketing point for yeah. people that don't know any better. Basically. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. you know, if you're listening to just jazz or classical, it sounds nice. But anything with any remote semblance of low frequency in it, it's underwhelming. And look, I'm not, uh, you know, asking for like a whole, you know, like two twelves driving, you know, driving in the trunk. And or quite like frankly, that. for the market segment that that's targeted at, they're not going to give a shit anyway. Yeah, I'm not trying to get my eyes eyes rattled out of my, out of my head. That's you know, that's not what I'm asking. It'd for. just be nice to have a little low frequency response. Exactly, but if you look, if you if you peek your head into the trunk and you look underneath the parcel shelf of what kind of speakers are driving are supposed to be driving the lows in this right. car, it's it's two six by nines in the back. To have a Bose logo I, on the, on the magnet, and it's like, come on, like this yeah. is like this is, this is you know, auto parts store level stuff that from the nineties. Anytime I see a six by nine speaker, I go, oh, the engineer's checked out. Yeah, because an oval speaker is not ideal for any circumstance. You're better off going by a cheap six inch diameter mm-hmm. than going with a six by nine. Yeah, and, and for as comfortable as that car is, and cosseting and pampering as that. You know, it's just like it's really it's it's a great example of what American luxury is today. It's a great car, and you know it, it's got a lot going on for it. But then you see, you know you, you think you're going to get some something good with your Bose audio to carry you along and entertain you during a right. really really extended road trip, and it doesn't deliver, and that it's heartbreaking. Yeah, the, I mean this the I'm trying to think of the factory stereo systems that really have hit me. Yeah, and I think it's. Um, Lexus does the occasional odd one really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Mark Levinson is consistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Harman Kardon Re- is con- is is not as consistent, but they're general. They're they're at least good or excellent. Yes, I would also say a lot of the stuff in like the Range Rover lineup mm-hmm. uh, is is pretty good like meridian or something like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then the upper tier of the mercedes stuff burmeister yeah the burmeister audio mm-hmm. yeah um, but like outside of that there's not that much that tickles me in that world and the occasional audi name and bentley name yes because i can separate instruments in 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 songs and music listening to a bentley's you know premium name system uh, that that I can you know I I can really only get that when I'm wearing some studio quality earphones. Yeah, and you know what? It should be in those cases because well, one obviously they're very expensive vehicles, but at the same time, the extent that they go to to isolate the driver from the outside yeah. noise and NV, right. any kind of NVH whatsoever, mm-hmm. like you don't have an excuse for an audio system mm-hmm. that doesn't, doesn't shine because if it sounds like shit and yeah. everything else is silent, yeah. it's going to be apparent. Right. But see, that kind of brings me back to the kicks because the kicks, um, I can't talk about... Uh, I guess I, drive impressions are embargoed, so I was about to uh, talk about um, the, the level of quietness in the cabin, but I can't talk about that. But 
What I can tell you feature about Feature-wise, it. it has CarPlay. Does it have Android Auto as well? Or? It has CarPlay, but I don't know if it has Android Auto because Jonathan Klein and I... Jonathan Klein was my drive partner today, and he doesn't have an Android. We're both Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, but we were able to uh, plug in uh, Apple CarPlay just fine. Um, but this is not a drive impression. This is just a feature impression. The Bose uh, Personal Plus Audio System in the Nissan Kicks mm-hmm. is one of the better audio systems on the entire market today and actually comes pretty close with competing with not like the 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 top tier name system in the Bentley but like the one just below like there's two levels of name systems in <laughs> Bentleys now i think it's like the one just below that it's like it, it's well, pretty still, competitive we're talking about a, an audio system that comes in a $160,000 plus vehicle at that point it's it's that good though because it yeah. has 2.5 inch drivers in the headrest so the sound is all around you. It's like studio level quality stuff. I mean, you're it it isolates instruments a mm-hmm. lot like that name system in the Bentley Bentayga or or other I Bentleys would that I've been in. Have no inclination to ever to ever hit up the rep to get that as a press card. <laughs> I can't remember. Does page one carry them or page one? Yeah. Okay, so I'll hit up page one and go. Okay, I have been told, <laughs> and now I need to confirm. <laughs> uh, just because it's so. It's just so anachronistic with this whole thing. It's just like it doesn't add up to me. Well, you know, I'm not really big on the design of the kicks. Like it's 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 fine. Like it's it's <laughs> it's a vehicle. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's whatever. You know, it, <laughs> Nissan. Yeah, it's a vehicle. No, the, the design does nothing for me. It does nothing for me emotionally. But um, and I can't talk about you know the way it drives. But with that Bose Personal Plus audio system, I would. Like I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot, and like, wow, I could see myself buying one just for that sound system. You know, the funny thing is, is like when I had that, uh, when I had that Honda Element, which you know is another like blah car. It's very, very functional, and they're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But it's boring, and I bought it as a commuter car and to shove mountain bikes and stuff in. Yeah. It. Um, but I made I, you know, when I got that thing, I'm like, okay. This is very boring. It has to do at least one thing well, and that was entertain me. Mm-hmm. So I immediately sunk money into doing, you know, sound deadening and properly doing the stereo and the speakers and everything. As I did on a, I've done that on many. I've I've stripped apart many cars to do audio systems mm-hmm. um, and full custom dashboards and yep. all kinds of crazy shit like that. So I can really appreciate that when it gets it right. Because right now, I have two cars that sound like dog shit. <laughs> the C6 Corvette, granted, for its era, wasn't bad. Yeah. And it's... I don't, I don't have the Bose system. You don't system have Bose, now. No, the fact that yeah. the regular GM system is better than the Bose system. In you think car. so? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's much cleaner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Frequency response is tighter. Uh, it's, it's surprisingly strong bass response on the low end. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's It's... Oddly decent for its time, um, and then the Fiesta is one of the most atrocious audio systems I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> they they purposely algorithmically attenuate the frequency range on that to not have to service warranty requests for uh, for broken audio components. No, oh, okay. Yeah. And there's no way to there's no way to fix that with any sort of an equalizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, short of completely bypassing the entire original audio system in that car, there is no way to retroactively make that head unit in that car ever sound good. So you have to get a double din head unit, replace you all can't. the amplifier. You know, you can't. setup. There is no place you can't replace the the. 
all the factory audio and video and nav and all that stuff is all integrated into the cluster for the uh, HVAC. Hmm. So you can't even remove it if you wanted to. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The way that's, that dash is designed, I yeah. I hate the way that manufacturers are doing that now. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate because, you know, we're, we're, we, should be, we should have the option to choose to be entertained in our cars. Yes. I you mean, in the, the double DIN standard, you know, uh, we had the single DIN standard, of course, which was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then things kind of settled on double DIN for a long time. Yeah. And it was nice to have that option to be able to swap out. And for whatever reason, everybody's went, yeah, we don't care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd be very interested to see how well the aftermarket audio industry is doing these days um, in comparison to where they were 20 years ago, just because I wonder if, you know, it's just basically, you know, the manufacturers have burned that to the ground. Well, you don't really see many Allen Ed's auto sounds anymore, do you? No. Yeah. But it also, is that the advent of people ordering shit online? I don't. Mm, I don't know. I think it's a combination of that. I think you know, with newer cars, and you don't have the flexibility to mod the audio systems as you did ten, twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah. Uh, there's that, and then the advent of Amazon, online shopping. I think it's just kind of a bunch of threats from a bunch of different directions coming in at car audio to make it less um, less workable. That and factory systems aren't as bad as they once were, just as you were talking about. That's and, true. And, and That's true. Kicks. You know, and, and, so. and you know, I, I, do, um, I, I do a lot of work with Harman Kardon. You know, I do a lot of stories about them and you know, a lot of their uh, press events. And they, they made a good point about the Kia Stinger GT. They said, you know, well, I mean, all these people were going out and modding the cars and, you know, putting aftermarket audio. We just decided, why don't we just give the customer what they want? You know? Yeah. You know, why don't, why don't we facilitate that, you know, that transaction from the dealership in your car already from the, you know, the you know, showroom floor? And I, I like that. I, I, you know, I like the idea of having the car that you want as you want it the day you buy it. You know, and and yeah. with with you know, I think that that Kia Stinger GT, you know, it's one of the best cars on sale today overall. But also the audio- I haven't spent any time in that mm-hmm. thing yet, and I know it's it's borderline criminal that I have not. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Honda Civic Type R for me, I, I you know I haven't even sat in that thing yet. So. Uh, here's here's the thing. I like the idea of the Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. It, mind you, this is a grown. This is a 35 year old man that drives a Fiesta ST as his daily slash company right. car. Yeah. And the Civic Type R is too much for me. Well, it's it's too gaudy for me. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's just too overwrought. Yeah. I, I, I like the interior a lot. It's one of those situations, kind of like with the kicks, where the exterior doesn't really do it for me, but the interior is great. Yeah, the inter- the exterior is just, it's too boy racer. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hate that I'm saying that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, give me that car in the Civic wagon form yeah. without all the body cladding. Right. And then I'd be much more interested. Mm-hmm. But as it stands right now, no. Wouldn't it be cool though to, to to convert a Civic Type R into a sleeper? Just make it look like a sport hatch. I, I wish they would just do that. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, God. And speaking of that, I really like the sport hatch. You know, the sport hatch with yeah. the manual—that's a terrific car. Yeah, like well, not—it doesn't quite woo me as much as a Golf. A Golf feels more premium. I, well, yeah. I mean, the you Golf know. is a nicer car, but yeah. also the Civics. Infinitesimally, like it's it's or not infinitesimally, but infinitely more reliable mm-hmm. than the Golf will right. ever be. Right, right, um, yeah. Uh, lower running costs, 
Yeah. That Civic will be running for the next 25 years. Right, easily. And so long as some kid doesn't wrap it around a light pole, it'll be running for 25 years. Although they are built in England. So, and the panel gaps are crazy. So it kind of concerns me. Like, well, how, I see, how I will... I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. I mean, the engines are built in Japan, I guess. So, I mean, there's, there's that. There's that confidence you can have. But, like, the, the, the car is put together in England. And it, it looks like it. Well, yeah. it may not be a concern soon anyway, because mm-hmm. as it stands, we're apparently going to get rid of all import vehicles in this I country. I guess so, right? Yeah. Because yeah. oh, it's a national security threat. Oh, God. But... Um, but speaking of other things I've done recently um, that I actually can talk about, I uh, about two weeks ago I was on the launch of the Mustang Performance Pack 2, the Mustang GT Performance Pack 2. Okay. Yeah, and what was most impressive about that is that for about $12,000 cheaper than a GT350, you know, about $46,000 for a popularly equipped mm-hmm. one versus $58,000 for the starting price it, of a GT350. It's their version of a 1LE package. Yeah, and it feels very similar to a GT350. It's a bargain GT350, you know? It's uh, without the motor, basically. Yeah, because they put PS2s on it, and then they kind of retune the car around those tires to make it functional and, mm-hmm. and like, the full package. And, man, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's the best value in the, in, in the pantheon of Mustang configurations. Yeah, I mean, they had to come up with a direct competitor to 1LE. Because of I believe the 1LE is actually... And mind you, the 1LE, you can get that with any engine level at right, this point. Right, right. Which I think is a really killer move from GM. I don't know how many they move outside the V8. Yeah. But I applaud them for making the option available. Right, right. Um, you know, the, I believe the 1LE packages are selling re- relatively well. So it, it's good business on their part sure. to, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. Kind of give you the give you the taste of what that ultimate version of the Camaro or Mustang would feel like, yeah, while well, not and, and they know. needed it to be competitive because I mean there's just that there are more it's it's strange to say but there are more gradations of performance in the Camaro lineup than there are Mustangs which is not a mm-hmm. thing I'd ever thought I'd be saying yeah because the Mustang was the one that usually used to have a billion different variants that, like, nobody gave a shit about because right. there was too many of them. Yeah, one year you'd have a Boss 302, the next year you'd have a Bullet, the next year you'd have, you know, something else, a Mach 1 or something like that, yeah. you know? So uh, it, it, it got to the point where it was really confusing. It's like, I can't keep up. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's there are too many variants. And, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I always come back to, you know, people go and, you know, talk about limited edition Mustangs, like yeah. GT500s and right, stuff like right. that now, mm-hmm. or GT350s. Right. And like, yeah, wait a year. They're not going to be so limited then. And what's happened? Exactly what I said. You can totally just go and buy a GT350 without awful lot right now. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. No dealer markup anymore. And I was told, oh, that'll never happen. There'll always be $30,000 no, in the price. No, 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 I'm like, there's never any such thing as a truly limited edition Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it wears off, too. The the, uh, the fanfare and the, the inflation wears off. Uh, it'll happen eventually with the Civic Type R, because in California still, I think they're about $5,000 marked up. But you yeah. can you can find, you know, you, you, you have to go to the East Coast to get actual msrp well and, and it's like if you want to go back to the ford products uh if you look at the the rs right now mm-hmm. you can go and totally buy an R, uh, uh a um uh focus rs for like 32 to thirty-four thousand. Oh wow okay they're they're trying to give them away at this point. okay because yeah the uh, the type r is 36 without the markup so uh, and honestly i mean if you're just going after pure performance by the ford mm-hmm. yeah uh, if you're looking for the better all-around car by the honda <laughs> I mean, when I drove the uh, I drove the Ford Focus RS about what well, almost two years ago now. I want to say at Big Willow. Yeah, did everything it was supposed to do. 
mm-hmm. but I didn't feel any visceral connection with it. I didn't feel any you know soft fuzzy feelings at all it's just like a okay fast car but i was the, bored by it the problem i have with those cars and it's the problem that i have with everything in the ford lineup and i've argued this with the executives at ford mm-hmm. of they designed them for german roads and then when you put them on american roads they beat the ever-living fuck out of you Mm-hmm. And their answer to me was, "We'll build better roads." And I said, <laughs> "Fuck you," because <laughs> that's not a real answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. Whereas if you get into, I haven't spent any time in the in the in the Civic R, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, Hondas are somewhat compliant. They're realistic for the road conditions. They're not just going "fuck you." Build better roads. Right. Right. Um, it's the problem I have with my Fiesta. That's the single biggest problem that makes me want to get rid of my Fiesta. And mind you, I've upgraded the suspension. It's actually cushier than it was stock. Oh, wow. And it just does not have enough suspension travel to hit a pothole and not make you fucking crash your teeth together <laughs> and make your phone go flying into the back of your car. <laughs> I'm just over it. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned Honda being compliant and everything, and maybe that's why the Civic Type R is doing so well in the media. Everybody I've talked to who's driven it. Any, 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 any... Honda's good at making a compromise that, mm-hmm. like, it performs well, but also is a reasonable car. Yeah. But I almost, you know... I. I'm almost kind of brought to tears by like, oh my god, I haven't driven one yet. I feel so left out, <laughs> you know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing with the new gig, you could probably get one. Yes, uh, we've already said too much. But <laughs> oh, well, we didn't say where you were going, so uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah that, but we'll yeah, leave it at that. There, there may be an announcement soon. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, there will be more opportunities and that you know on the horizon, and that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, I'm not gonna try and push you <laughs> along on that. I, I, I let that slip. I should have said that much, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're certain somebody that may or may not be your new boss can yell at me. Maybe I'll get hired somewhere someday. You know, yeah, yeah maybe that's all we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, the Civic R is, I just wish it wasn't so, so, uh, so R, right. if you will. Right. It's too R aggressive. Yeah. Too R aggressive in the looks department. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you know, it's just, I am not, you know, I'm, I'm 33 years old, all right? Yeah. But, but even when I was 23, even when I was 13, I was never yeah. into that boy racer look. No, exactly. I was the same way. I yeah. mean, like, the Fiesta ST that I have, which is in the pantheon of those things, is relatively subdued, mm-hmm. is pushing it for me. At, right. At a 35-year-old, and I had this conversation on the podcast with Zach, I don't know, a couple of months ago, but... It's a 35-year-old executive and representative of a company. I look like what the British would call a yabo showing up to a meeting in that. Mm-hmm. Is it, I just look like a fool. Yeah. Um, I, whereas if I was driving like a, a, a Golf R, mm-hmm. you don't look like a schmuck. Right. You just, oh, it's a dude that drives a Golf. Yeah. You know. Versus, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, yeah. he's being practical. You yes. know, and and you know, unless you know what the R means, then so be it. And but. I actually knew people that used to do that. I knew you know uh, people that made lots of money, a lot more than I do now, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, that were fairly influential people in industry that that drove GTIs because they're like, oh yeah, it's a cheap car that I can beat the piss out of, and right. it's performance oriented, and it flies into the radar. And and one of the gentlemen that I used to work for specifically bought it. He goes, look, I don't want to show up to the meeting in the Bentley because I don't want them to think that I have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Strategy. It is. It's weird little games and, and like things that you don't consider like when you're buying a vehicle when you're 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you're 35, you're like, 
Mm, can't look like a schmuck. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but uh, that's what I've been driving recently. And then I, uh, on Thursday, I'm flying over to Spartanburg, South Carolina. Technically, uh, well, uh, you know, the, the Spartanburg, Greer, you know, South Carolina yeah, yeah, yeah. area. Greer is actually where the factory is for the BMW X4. And I'm going on the launch for that. Um, and, and, you know, I've already been impressed by the X3 M40i. So, where does the how do they justify an X4 in the lineup? Uh, beats me. I mean, I guess there's a market for sport activity coupes, but uh, <laughs> but but you know, with um, you know, with its platform mate, the X3, uh, yeah. I drove the um, last year at MPG um, track day at Willow Springs, Big Willow. Uh, I got to drive um, the X3 M40i, and while I haven't driven a Macan, which I hear is still the class leader, I have driven a Stelvio, and I have driven now Well, the did you drive M4. the Stelvio more than 12 feet before it broke? Uh, you know what? It, it did fine. I drove it in Pebble Beach last year, okay. and I you know, threw, threw the switchbacks by 17-mile drive there. And it did terrifically. When, it, when you know driving slow, it kind of felt like ah, uh, you know, it's it, you know, it's kind of almost feels like driving a minivan. But then once you start driving it fast, oh, okay, now okay, yeah. It's, then the alpha ness comes in. Yeah, the alpha comes through. Uh, yeah. But it's just it's so roomy in there. It's like oh, wait, like, am I driving the family car right now? And, you know, it, it kind of had that familyness factor yeah. to it. The 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 pace, as I like to call the it, fapace, is, yeah. is, mm-hmm. is in that kind of realm as well mm-hmm. to where it's sporting too yeah um, well i haven't driven the f pace but i have driven the velar and yes. that kind of felt the same way um and i was expecting that to feel more sporty but because it's more geared towards off-road which it's terrific at it um you know it, it kind of gives up a little bit of its abilities it, it'll go fast through the corners but it won't be as happy about it as a stelvio yeah, or a Macan. Uh, a Macan, from what I've heard, you know. Um, but I was I was incredibly impressed with the X3 M40i. I, I couldn't believe, like, if you would have blindfolded me and you know made me a passenger and had somebody do a hot lap with me in, mm-hmm. in the car as a passenger, I would have told you, oh yeah, I'm probably in a you know a four series or some kind of you know two door sporty coupe. Yeah, it handled like that. It did not handle like well, an to SUV. To be fair, I don't believe the chassis is very far off from that. Of course not. It's just a high yeah. riding. Uh, three series. That's all it is. With you know, and, yeah. But 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 so but you know it it it's tuned. It, it was tuned very well, and it it felt so car like because I can feel the difference between a wagon and a sedan. I can feel that slightly higher center of gravity in a wagon. Depending upon the wagon, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But but I mean, I can I can really key in on those nuances. So it was amazing to me that in an SUV. I felt like I was driving a sport sedan or a sport coupe, yeah, and and, and so that was just terrific. Or like the Mercedes, uh, the Mercedes is a pretty good job of hiding that as well. A mm. GLA forty five. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's also not very. Well, that's that, just a, that's really just a hatch, though. That's yeah. It's you know? calling that a crossover is a bit yeah, of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. It's like two inches taller than right. your average. All they're doing is lifting it so that people will buy it. Which is really the game. Let's be honest. That's all the game all is with all this on. shit. Yeah. They put they put twenty inch wheels on them. Yeah. And they give them an extra two inches of height. A little bit of cladding on the on the on the wheel liner and you know, wheel uh, fender liners. Yeah. Or fender flares. You know. You and, know what and, it is? Is it? It's it's a short person walking into a room with with lifts on. Yeah. That's really all it is. That's exactly all it is. And and, and they're making trillions off of it. It's the dumbest thing ever. But you know, if they're making money off of it, more power to them. But um, yeah, with the X3 M40i being a terrific vehicle, I have high hopes for this S- X4 launch. You know, 
It's, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I'm so... BMW is just doing... They've diluted their lineups they certainly so have. much. They, they certainly have. But I, I, I'm like, how do you guys justify adding more shit? But there are bright points. M2 is a bright point. Um, I, now, when I drove... Oh, yeah, I like the M2, yeah, but well, I still like the 1M a lot better. Okay, but when I drove the M2, it was, was kind of like a Focus RS situation where it did everything it was supposed to, but it was like the good student kind of just you know crossing its T's and dotting its I's mm-hmm. and going fast... But I didn't feel that visceral connection. But then I talked to my colleagues about it right after I got off track with it. And they were like, no, no, you, you did it wrong. You're supposed to... Because I had the racing driver next to me. So I was being smooth and being a good student. You know, yes. And, and you, know, you know... No, you have to drive it like a hooligan. Yeah, that's what they all told me. Yeah, and, no, I did. I, because I had the dining one for a week. Oh, okay. Did you? Uh, yes. My Shout out to Corey Burns. Mm-hmm, yeah, Corey thank Burns. You, thank you for hooking mm-hmm, that up. Yep. Uh, yep. And... Um, I had the Dynan one for a week, and that was fantastic because we took that out. Um, Joe Cariotti that does uh, helps out with shout yeah. I think you mm-hmm. met Joe. Oh, yeah, I know Joe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe came out, and we took that out onto Highway 33 out here and then out onto Lockwood Valley Road, mm-hmm. and I pushed that thing <laughs> a little bit. Not, I, w- I would say I hit 85 to 90% on it, not 100%. I won't do yeah. that on a public road, but yeah. we had some fun with it. And that car, you know... I wasn't expecting to like the M2 as much, but that Dynan M2 was good. Still, I got to say the 1M is better, and secretly all the Dynan guys will tell you that too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um, but the BMW lineup is just so watered down now. I just don't... I can't... like. These are cars that I knew. I could tell you any car off the top of my head in that lineup 10 yeah. years ago. Well, you know, that's now, the, the, the problem is that we, the enthusiasts... We're not the ones buying all the cars. Oh, I'm, you oh, know? Yeah. I'm so, so, the, so, so, so BMW decided, let's make some more money. Let's cater to the people who, you know, are, let's just cater to what mainstream wants. Mainstream wants a little bit plusher, a little more isolation in the driving feel. Yeah. Ah, uh, it sucks. Did you but, envision but as a future where everybody was driving pseudo SUVs? <laughs> the SUV apocalypse is, is really scary, but... At least the vehicles that are coming out are actually, you know, somewhat entertaining to drive. They're not sports cars, obviously, but they're quiet. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Certain ones, I'm not going to name any specifics, mm-hmm. but certain ones can be low priced and quiet to drive on the road and not feel like they're connected to their economy car routes and are great value for money. Some can do that today. Yes. I can't say which one. <laughs> <laughs> not naming names here. No, no, no. No, not doing that. That would, be, that would not be proper. Yeah. You know. but, uh, but there are certain SUVs out there, crossovers, that can do that. And if they're doing that at least, then that's okay. I mean, at least they're creating good experiences. Again, they're not sports cars, but they're good, satisfying, daily driver, applicable experiences. Yeah. And that, I, I'm happy with that. It's I'm just, just wondering if this, if, if this is going to keep up as you know, we continue to crater our relationship with, with other countries mm-hmm. and gas prices keep going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Um, because Americans have this incredibly stupid short-term memory of going, oh, well, things will be inexpensive forever. Let's buy the largest vehicles possible. Right. Which is why truck sales have been the highest they've ever been for like the last six years. Right. 
Right. Uh, they've been insane, the mm-hmm. number of trucks they've been moving. Yeah. And, of course, now we're also going, well, we're going to roll back all the fuel economy standards, too, mm-hmm. just as gas prices start creeping up. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just like, I was, I had, um, so I had that Silverado 2500 HD that, uh, that Page One sent over, uh, you know, through, you know, GM lent me via Page One mm-hmm. uh, and uh, used that for moving and getting all the furniture for the new podcast studio and all that shit. And um, I'm driving this car around Los Angeles, like, you know, and this is a, this isn't the extended cab truck. This is like, you know, just the regular air crew cab, crew cab. Yeah. You know, four door normal link bed, not the dually. Yeah. Six and a half foot bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a quote unquote reasonably sized truck. And I'm like laughing at like, this is the most unreasonable thing to be driving around Los Angeles. <laughs> and it's approximately the same size as the, is the, you know, is the 1500 would be from an yeah, out, external yeah, same dimension. size. Right. And being taller. Yeah. Just a little bit taller, a little bit bulkier in the hood. Yeah. That's about it. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. There is no need to have this in Los Angeles oh. unless you actually are working with it. Yeah. I had the Silverado Z71 red line, the 2017 red line back when I was towing project stork to SEMA last mm-hmm. year. And so I had that thing for like two weeks, I think. And, you know, I was driving that all over L.A., you know, before and after SEMA and everything. And it, I just felt so out of place, you know? Oh, it's, you, you just, it's yeah. laughable. You're Yet, like, why do people do this as, like, a daily that they never haul anything in? Yet, when I would go to visit my mom during that time in the Inland Empire, I felt normal. I'm like, oh, yay, I fit in finally. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just so different how, how going to the, the, um, the Texas portion of Southern California feels... Yes. Versus, you know, being in L.A. all the time. And, and forgive me, I'm not meaning to be uh, making any judgments here, but that is California Trump country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it is, yeah. you know, shit-kicking redneck land out no, there. No, the, 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 the cook... Of in the empire. Yeah, the cook PVI of my hometown is an R plus four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like, our buddy Red Radcliffe that's mm-hmm. been on the show and runs the auto shop, like, I, I've been out there, like... Kids that go to his school ride horses to school. Yeah. Shit like that. You're oh, like, yeah. How is this 50 miles outside of Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how you can, if you want to go to Texas, just go 50 miles outside of LA and you're in Texas. Yeah. Or, 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 or you know, South Central Illinois or, or something like that. It is the Midwest of Southern California. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's cra- it didn't used to be like that. Really? It's, it's become more like that as I've gotten older. When I grew up there, when I grew up in Upland, uh, you know, space seventies, eighties. It was just kind of like it was kind of like the the, the southern suburbs of Chicago. Okay, so just very middle class, very or... middle class. You know, um, you know, um, respectable. <laughs> a lot, was... of, a lot of uh, a lot of station wagons with faux wood cladding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was just it was it was families doing their thing and Griswoldian if you will very Griswoldian exactly like that. I'm gonna that's my new term that's how the Inland Empire was when I was growing up there um, nowadays it, it all of a sudden it's like this kind of a Texas wave of there's a lot of bro trucks oh yeah a lot of bro oh trucks. yeah it's very it's very American there now it's very yeah yeah absolutely it's also the meth capital of California yeah, absolutely <laughs> San Bernardino has actually become one of the most dangerous cities in in the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it it wasn't like that thirty years ago, and, and it's just you know it's uh, unfortunate how things. Have and you know so. what? It all used to be orange groves as far as the eye can see. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, it's funny, like you, you catch yourself in those grandpa moments sometimes. Yeah, like, I have that just like going around parts of Los Angeles, and I'm like, 
That wasn't developed five years ago. There was nothing there. I mean, you know, it, you know, my 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 dad moved my family out there in the seventies to you know because it was a you know it was a developing area. It was new. It hadn't been sullied by anybody or anyone and, yet. Yeah, it was it was a little yeah. bit less expensive, but it was um it was a good place to raise your kids back then. I th- I'd still say that Upland is still a good place to raise your kids today, but it's just a. L- <laughs> it seems like the culture's gotten a little bit louder there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, might I be a little more invited than, than you would be? <laughs> yeah, we can say that. Yes. We can say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's more diverse there than it was when I was growing up, but still. Yeah. It's like even the people who look like me would rather have you there than <laughs> 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 oh, It's yeah. so sad how that works. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. But back to the truck. I mean, it's yeah. just. You know, you get you get how silly it is, and you're like, you really are kind of a dick if you buy that and you're not using it for like work or mm-hmm. like actually using it as a truck. Yeah, because you're like, I'm riding around, and I'm like, and like, it's laughable how much power this thing you're makes, right. and you can't do anything with it. Were you a V8 or a, a gas or diesel? No, it was Duramax. The Duramax. Oh, it was Duramax. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Which is like yeah. 900 pound feet just of torque. Stump pull. I mean, did you pull any stumps during your time with it? Just just for shits and giggles? No, but on occasion I would just go, let's turn off traction control and see <laughs> how long it's going to spin the tires for. <laughs> and the answer would be from one intersection to the next. Yeah, yeah. It, it was absurd. <laughs> it was absolutely absurd. But I felt, I also put, you know, I went and bought my new toolbox. Yeah, and I went and bought a new workbench for mm-hmm. the for the forthcoming podcast studio. And Beautiful. Yeah, I uh, had that like. They loaded that thing up with a forklift at the the factory that I got that stuff from. Yeah, and like they go and they load it up with the forklift and like, huh, it didn't even sag on the suspension. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's a big you, fucking truck. You damn right, America, America. <laughs> uh, and like, it, it, of course, at that point too, it also rode better with an extra, you know, thousand to fifteen hundred pounds in the bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. Um, it was it was an interesting exercise and to just see how people live with those every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not even remotely come to justifying that purchase for most people. Yeah, but uh, it was a great truck for for actually doing heavy kind of lifting with it. Could I have done that with a standard Silverado? Yes, but that's what they offered me for the of week. course, of course, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, the nice thing is it had CarPlay on it, um, mm-hmm. which you know I've had CarPlay now. I retrofitted it into my Fiesta, mm-hmm. like I don't know, probably eight or nine months ago. Yeah, and I also have a head unit waiting to go into the Corvette mm-hmm. with it. There's just no going back once you have it. Did it have bows? Uh, what the truck? The Silverado, yeah. I don't think so. Okay, okay. Mine had it. I, I really liked it. I don't think it was Bose. It was just the regular GM sound system. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was okay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the top, top trim level of interior. This was... Just like an LT. Um, yeah, I think it was an LT. Yeah, not LTZ. Um, or no, it was the High Country. Oh, it had to have Bose. Okay. That's standard with Bose, yeah. It did mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't... You know, it was nice, but it wasn't like Denali nice. Denali, yeah, Denali's are more classy, I think. High Country's more... You're um, still working the job site. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's for the foreman, not the owner of the company. Yeah. Denali is more like a city slickers trim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like my uncle that 
owns the construction company. He's right. Not the, he's not swinging hammers. No, and no. he's not managing guys anymore. Right. He's bidding. He's going out and doing bids, mm-hmm. and checking on sites every now and then. Right. That's it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's that guy. That guy. Uh, and they're nice trucks. Yes. But eh, wouldn't hold up if you were, you know, if you were uh, scooting in and out of it a million times a day, mm-hmm. with, you know, and scuffing it up. And right. It would kick the shit out of it. Right. Exactly. But it was a good truck. I mean, I was able to, it, it, I had a little game of like, how how bad can I get the fuel economy average? And then how good can I get the fuel economy mm-hmm. average? And bad, I got the average down to three. Which wasn't hard well, to do. Well, under full throttle. Uh, it's not hard oh, to do in wait, city wait, driving. Oh, wait, wait. The average, not the average. instant. Oh, God. I, I don't know how you do that. Uh, well, it's easy. You drive it like a dick in, in city traffic. That's what you do. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, it's not hard to do when you've got a. I think it's a six point seven liter Duramax with six point six, six point six with yeah. a, with the twin turbo setup mm-hmm. on it. It's like, oh yeah, no, no that's that's doable. That's wow. totally doable. Oh my god, okay. Uh, but I was able to then like, okay, so I've seen how bad I can do it, and then I was able to get up to like twelve to thirteen, yeah, average, mm-hmm. which sounds absurd, but for I guess a truck of that capability is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting because you, know, you had the uh, you had the Duramax, and you know diesel is inherently more efficient. There is more power potential per drop of ga- of diesel than gasoline. Yeah, but Jonathan Klein and I had a uh, Ram Tradesman 1500 diesel. Yeah, so the VM motor. I just wish leader. they would make a, a Ram called the Rough Trade. Oh, Rough Trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, um, yeah. So FCA gave him uh, one to drive around for uh, LA Auto Show back in like 2014. Yep. So um, yeah, it was just a plain work truck level single cab long bed. I like bed. trucks like that though. Yeah, yeah. The driving, the, the 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 refinement of it was on par with the GS 450H I had like two weeks earlier before that. Yeah, it was crazy how nice that truck was in work truck trim that's why it's still i had i had a colorado several years ago that was the v6 the lt1 derived v6 oh right right Mm -hmm. and it was the long bed but everything else it was just regular crew cab and very middle of the road otherwise yeah and it was one of the first ones that had carplay in it it Mm -hmm. was actually really nice and um it was basic truck and i loved that yeah i you know to me a very like a regular, you know, short cab pickup mm-hmm, truck mm-hmm. with a, you know, with the short bed. That to me is the ideal. Oh yeah, yeah. I I like that. Like, yeah. I kind of like the original Lightning, mm-hmm. or I like the old. You know, I like the old. Um, you know, think of like dazed and confused era Chevy pickups. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love those old step sides. I am in love with the 454 SS. <laughs> that that would be one of my potential Radwood vehicles that I, I would love to bring one of those uh, Radwood. Well, you, sir, I, it's it's your lucky day. You could have one. Your pick of the litter for twenty five hundred dollars these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, may do that. Uh, maybe uh, sometime this you, year. So <laughs> you want the last of the big blocks? <laughs> I, I love that motor. I, I love how every cylinder bore is about the size of a paint can. That's just such a cool motor. You know, I'm not, you know, my, my, da- my, my daddy taught me that, you know, short stroke was always better, and that was a long stroke motor. It wasn't a square motor, as they say. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was a manly motor. But the 496 that came out after that was pretty cool, too. 
Yeah, I don't really know much about the 496. Yeah. Model. And it, of course, it scaled all the way up to the 572. Well, yeah. But, but the, that was only aftermarket. That was aftermarket. But the 496 came out for a little while in the early 2000s, and not many people really talk about that or know about that engine because it wasn't very popularized. Because well, no, ca- because you got the because you had all the small block drive motors that were making about the same power, but much better fuel economy. Right. But, I mean, the 496 was uh, a continuation of what the 454 was good at, but... It improved on reliability, durability, especially for towing. If you're putting a lot of you know a lot of stress on that motor, then yeah. it's gonna it's gonna last a bit longer. Well, I think the interesting thing is we're now headed into we're talking about big blocks, yeah. But we're now heading into an era where the manuf- all three of the manufacturers are going to offer. And, and here's a, here's a little headline. Yeah, it's a little bit of leak out. All three of them are going to be offering four cylinder turbos in their full size trucks. Right, right, yeah. It's, um, who announced it? I can't remember. Was it was it? Ford that announced it or GM that announced it? It was GM that announced it, mm-hmm. um, but they're all doing it. Mm-hmm. We, oh, yeah. all, we all know that. It's all headed that way. Yeah. Yeah. Even even with uh, corporate average fuel economy potentially getting relaxed and what have you, you, the automakers know that, well, you know, this administration can only last eight years. They have uh, to well, yeah, and, and to be honest, all the manufacturers are not particularly happy with this change right now because it mm-hmm. throws a big wrench into their product planning. Right. You know, they they were all pretty happy on settling on, okay, California, that's our goal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, and, and quite frankly, I think they kind of got into the flow of like, all right, well, we'll just use this as a kind of a benchmark just to try and get better. I mean, we wouldn't have the kind of performance that we do in cars now if it wasn't for the emission controls that, that were put in place. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we had to go through the malaise era, and that was unfortunate. But the innovation that resulted from that... To, to this day to where now emissions equipment actually makes a car better. <laughs> yeah. Not just for the environment for my lungs and your lungs, yeah. but actually makes it better. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I think one of the great marks is back when the, um, the I think it was when the 997.2 Turbo came out and the, the big selling point, like one of the big lines from like Porsche was like, oh, the air coming out of it is actually cleaner than the air going into it. Yeah. Depending yeah. upon what city you're driving right. in. Right. Right. Uh, I, yeah, and it's, it's pretty like, cool. Uh, yeah, that's, it's an interesting mark. I mean, granted, there's just a little more carbon dioxide coming out of it sure. going into it, but sure. it's 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 interesting we've gotten to that point. Right. Um, but we're also, realistically, we're in the last hurrah of the ICE and the mm-hmm. consumer that's auto. true. Yeah. Uh, I think we have, you know, there, there's still technologies being developed like laser injection and stuff like that that, that will, will help the internal combustion engine foster forward a little bit longer, but electric is the future. And the analogy yeah. that I always give is imagine if your cell phone had to be powered by an internal combustion motor. Imagine how grossly inefficient that would be. Well, and, and it's it's funny you say that. I mean, and it's not internal combustion, but like they were trying to push fuel cells on us for years right. and years and right. years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why do we want another consumable power source? Mm-hmm. And it just went over like a lead balloon. And like, it's funny because we're very close to where a number of the Japanese manufacturers do testing and specifically Toyota and Lexus corporate headquarters are right down the street so we see their fuel cell vehicles well it used to be but yeah 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 Yeah. uh thanks texas (laughs) yeah well i'm thinking an awful lot of toyota employees aren't real enthusiastic about that yeah they're they're not 
No. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's move to the middle of fucking nowhere in Texas. Yeah. You lived on the California coast. Yeah. How about Modesto? Yeah. You you had you, you had some of the best weather in Southern California in in Torrance, a beach city in the South Bay of the Los Angeles area, where summers don't off summer days don't often get more than eighty degrees. Yes, and it doesn't really drop much below fifty in the dead of winter. Yes, everybody's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The surroundings are beautiful. Right. The school system here is actually excellent for Los Angeles. The, the traffic is not that bad in this part of L.A. It's it's very low-key, very yeah. nice. Yeah. It, it's kind of... Actually, I shouldn't be talking about how good the South Bay is because I don't want the secret to get out. Oh, everybody mm-hmm. knows. Everybody <laughs> knows. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is expensive enough here, I guess. And let's you know. move you into the middle of BFE in Texas. Right, right, exactly. My own issues with Texas aside, they specifically picked a part of Texas that's not particularly attractive. No. No, you know, not. and they gave a, a lot of these people got pay cuts going in, going there too. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the cost of living went down, but overall, their 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 pay to cost of living ratio remained the same. Yeah, quality of life has also gone down markedly as well. Yeah, yeah. IMO. I mean, you mm-hmm. may differ in your opinions, but that's right. you know. Well, a lot of people, you know, you 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 get a lot of people who are trying to make the best of it, and they try to sell it. But deep down inside, they know that they got the shaft. Well, and a lot of people that were really talented that had options coming out of there just didn't go. They went, no, right. fuck this. Yeah, yeah. If you were really talented in, in marketing or engineering or an attorney, you went, why am I going to go move to the middle of nowhere right. and make half as much money? Yeah, and that's what I love about California. It attracts the best people. It does. I mean, mm-hmm. almost everybody I know that moved here moved here because they were striving for something bigger. And, and right. regardless of what your personal stance is on California, that's kind of the story with especially Los Angeles and the Bay Area together. Mm-hmm. You get people that move here because they're coming, they're chasing after something bigger. Right. And typically speaking, that's why you just see a lot of innovation come out of here because it's everybody's rushing towards doing something big. Yeah, we attract dreamers. We attract innovators. We attract doers. Yeah. Oh. And there's not to say that there aren't other places. Like, mm. I mean, I've lived all over the goddamn yeah. country. A lot, of, a lot of great people live all over the country. Um, it's it, And, you know, like, for example, you know, the greater Boston area, it's one of the densest higher places for higher education in the world. Yeah. The school systems are excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a great deal of affluency. There is funding. There is money to do all this stuff. There's everything... They're all the ingredients for the cake. Right. But they end up with an unleavened thing that, like, yeah, it tastes pretty good, but for the most part, the products aren't so hot. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't add up the same way because you don't, you know, people are there because they always live there. They didn't go That's there exactly. chasing after something. Right. For the most part. There right. are, of course, exceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, manifest destiny is still happening to this day, you know. So, and it, but it's not it's not a na- national thing. It's not a national growth thing anymore. It's a personal growth thing now. I think because rarely do you see people moving from California to the East Coast. You'll see people if they couldn't make it here move back to the East Coast. Uh, and I know a number of those that have. But happened. you're not going to see. You know, you, it rarely do you see. You know what? I'm going to move to. Um, New Jersey, or I'm going to move to New York, or Pennsylvania, or Massachusetts, to to pursue my dreams. It just doesn't happen. No, there. the only time I see that is with people in very high paying positions in, in kind of executive roles, or in the entertainment industry, back to New York for a very specific job. But they were already established. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, they came yeah. here and they or or they did their time there and then they came here and yeah. so on and so on. Right. They don't you don't move back to like North Carolina. No. Unless no. you're like hanging up going eh, it didn't work out. And I love North Carolina, especially the the three weeks during, you know, the fall where it's California style weather. But keyword here, California style weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Charlotte's great during those three weeks of the year. You know. It's um it, it's California is a weird mix, but yeah, yeah, the Toyota people unfortunately get kind of the shaft on that. But I know that some of the other makes, you know, Hyundai picked up a bunch of people and mm-hmm. Porsche picked up some people and right. things like that right. to where the the really talented people had options. Yeah, um, but I mean, the best of luck to those people that did end of up course, moving. of course. It sucks when you when you get relocated because of work because it's not always on your terms. Mm, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the risk of being an employee. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and that is my goal, is to never be an employee again. <laughs> and I haven't been for like seven years. So. Congratulations. Yeah. No? It's, you know. I'm so happy the fact that I've survived four and a half months now. Yeah. Being being my own boss, you know. It, it gives you a different perspective <laughs> on things, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I learned so much during these four and a half months because... I started out in this industry as a freelancer, but I was a freelancer for just one client where I had all the work I needed from just this one client. And it's different when you're just starting out, too, because like, right. you're like, oh, I'm getting paid shit, but you don't know you're getting paid shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was writing a bunch of articles you know, yeah. uh, you know, daily for $15 a pop. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting paid to write about cars. I about when I first met you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so, so, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's new and you're finally getting paid to do what you love. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, you're, you, you expand in your career and then, you know, more fun things expand with you. And so, um, yeah. yeah. Perspective sets in. And right. You're like, oh, yeah. that's not adequate anymore. Right. But now, you know, now, now this time around, four years later, after, you know, four years of, of you know, of a great time at Internet Brands. You know, now as a freelancer, now I just do features. You know, I, I don't but there's know. also at a certain point too. Um, you know, when you are hacking out doing your own thing, and you've right. got said several bad months in a row, yeah. or you've just been working nonstop, like like when you're running your own show, it never stops. That's true. I have to. We're going to wrap up this podcast tonight, and I'm going to edit this podcast, and then I've also got work for my other company that I have to get done. Mm-hmm. So it never stops. And, right, and right. There are days when like you're grinding it out doing that, especially when you're grinding it out doing that, and no money's coming in. Yeah, and you're like, it's oh, so- it'd be really nice just to show up somewhere in the morning and leave in the afternoon and but not kinda, care anymore beyond that. It's kind of demoralizing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, and after these four and a half months, you know, I, I've realized yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I went through it and it was a great learning experience. It kind of turned my knowledge about this industry on its head and it made me reinvent myself a little bit within it, which is good. I'm glad it happened. Well, and it gives you the perspective of the guy running the show. Too. Right, right. So that was it was very valuable going through this yeah. and I'm glad it happened. But it's also taught me, yeah, I prefer being employed with a publication in-house definitely do yeah yeah but now you've also got a feather in your cap so that if there is a chance to move upward you've got that experience too and true. still remain an employee true so true you've mm-hmm. got a much nicer uh egress if you will right but yeah you know, it was great too because uh it allowed me to work for a lot of publications that i wanted to work for you know i i i'm so happy that i you know get to see my name on on rob report yeah. For you know regularly, you know, as my main client, and then you know, getting to write for Motor One, you know, I, I, I 
really like what they do there. And so, you know, getting to do a bunch of uh, press launches for Motor One, uh, just like I like I said, I did Mustang Performance Pack 2 for them, and then I'm doing BMW X4 well, and, for them next. Regardless of whether you're an automotive or you're, mm-hmm. you're doing any other business, when you do contract work for a while, your network expands drastically. So your opportunities going forward really, really expand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because a lot more people end up knowing your name. Right, right. You know, you're, if you you're... did good work, then that's a bonus on top oh, of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, no, it's it's been positive, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely know firmly what I prefer at this point, which is good. So is the future more video for you mostly? Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Well, I'm not talking about any specific job. Okay, okay, okay. Is that kind of okay. what you're shooting for? Yes. Uh, I've always been shooting for being on camera more because that's my main passion. So... Um, yeah, um, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I'm not going to yeah. push you on that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just because you've got things that will be announced at a later date. Sure, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, we'll have you back and and maybe with some with some new friends. <laughs> uh, and the good news is, is we're doing this on a little bit of a ghetto setup tonight just mm-hmm. because I just have kind of started settling into my new place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw my setup upstairs earlier, building out a proper, actual, full-time podcast studio with mm-hmm. video capability. So I think things are going to, you know, I took a little bit of a break and stepped back from the podcasting stuff for a little while, just because, quite frankly, like, I was super busy, like, trying to pay the bills with the other gig, and I got a little burnt out on it, and I'm going to be easing back into it now. And um, there may be even another show coming out of it. I haven't quite decided, mm. um, but... Um, yeah, there's. I, I'm going to be getting back into it again real hard, and um, yeah, I think um, you know we'll see what we do. I think there's, and I said this before when when I was on with Jeff, there's going to be some experimenting with format and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, be doing more remotes, and videos definitely coming, and all that stuff. So um, you know, um, you know, reasonable suggestions other than you know you should shoot yourself in the face or stop <laughs> podcasting or whatever you know usual internet type stuff right. uh if you guys have like uh suggestions kind of where you might like to see experiments go shoot them at me on twitter at hayes data or at jeff and you know and all reasonable all reasonable uh mentions will be will be uh tried out and considered and you know we'll see what we'll see what sticks just because there's no reason not to not to experiment with this. I mean, we've got the facilities. I certainly have the distribution platform. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, I guess you, but we failed to mention that. Yeah, Jeff Glucker is off tonight, isn't he? Yes, Jeff <laughs> is. Jeff is tending to his tiny person. Yes. Uh, yeah, his wife's out of town, so he's taking care of his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Sloan. Yes. And uh, so adorable. Yes, um, as the little children type people generally are, mm-hmm. although sometimes they're monsters. Mm, sometimes. Sometimes they're little Damians. Yeah. Summoning yeah. demons and so <laughs> forth. Um, all right. Well, on that note, uh, we're about to hit an hour, so mm-hmm. I think we'll call this Hooniverse for the evening. I don't know what episode number it is because my house is a disaster from moving, and I'm not that organized at the moment. I'm going to guess is what, like 235? I'm going to guess like 974. <laughs> I don't know. I've done too many podcasts. Yeah. And uh, Manuel, thank you for joining us. Where can everybody find you? Uh, the easiest way is uh, either well Instagram mostly, but uh, also Twitter by default through that. But uh, MC3 Films. MC3 Films. Mm-hmm. And MC3Films.com. 
All right. Well, mm-hmm. that's a, that's actually a damn good domain name. Congratulations Thank you. on scoring the short domain name. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, and that is Universe for this evening. If you've got anything for me, hit me at Hayes Data on Twitter. As I said, I'm kind of ramping back up into this stuff again. So uh, I will try to be a bit more attentive. And that's it. Good night, folks. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,